710 ESPN presents The Experience, the Experience. with Lafern Cusack, where we go beyond the play and focus on athletes, fans, events, and the biggest issues that inspire and shape our lives. Here's the host of The Experience, Lafern Cusack. Lafern Cusack. Ron Brown is a helper at heart. She's dedicated her life to better the world around her, helping others shine, spreading joy and support to countless friends, family, strangers, and community members as a mental health counselor. That love of helping people drove her to write the best-selling book, A Fat Girl's Confidence Guide, to reach people all over the world. She's also the founder of the Confident Fat Girls Movement. She's also authored six other books, Secrets of a Crazy Mental Health Counselor, A Fat Girl's Confidence, Beating Depression and Building Self-Esteem, We Blend Together, The Day Mama Made Me Dance, and each book focuses on everyday life experiences. Most people think big girls have low self-esteem and do not feel as sexy as the models with the perfect bodies that we constantly see on television. Patrice Siobhan Brown never knew there was anything wrong with her until she kept seeing people on TV telling her that she was too fat, too sloppy, or definitely ugly. Every commercial emphasized the need to have that perfect plastic factory body, while everyone thinks that fat is sloppy and unattractive. She has learned to embrace it. She chose to live her life fat, free, and fabulous. She's here to motivate, and she reveals her truth and secrets to being and becoming a proud fat girl. For more information about Patrice Siobhan Brown, her books and organizations, please visit her website at patricesiobhan.com. Your sports station is 710 ESPN. The experience is now. Here is Laferne Cusack. Welcome to The Experience. I'm Laferne Cusack. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we're talking to Patrice Siobhan Brown. She is a helper at heart, and she's dedicated her life to better the world around her. She has a great book out, and we're going to talk about that and all the great things she's doing. Welcome to the show, Patrice. Hello. It's completely an honor. Oh, thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You started in the mental health industry. Yeah, um, back in 2003. Um, I opened up my practice 2011. I pretty much work with adults that suffer with severe and persistent mental illness. And um, I completely enjoy what I do helping people. So you have a clinic that people come to, correct? Yes, here in North Carolina. It's called Restoring Bodies and Minds. Um, You know, when we work with people, it could be anything from um, severe mental illness to helping them find housing. And, you know, if it's somebody that we can't pretty much treat, we'll transfer them out either to hospitals or different facilities that can help. So um, it's challenging, but for the most part, I feel like it's something that I'm called to do. Yeah. I mean, you you have to be. I mean, especially now um, during COVID, so many people are experiencing things now that may not have developed until, you know, the lockdown and 
and all of the stuff happening. Have you seen a rise in mental health or the need for mental health assistance? Yeah, it, it has completely been um, an increase with um, depression um, because a lot of people haven't been um, restricted to being in their homes and a lot of people haven't um, seen their bodies change by not being able to get out and and exercise and do the different things. So it's sort of kind of like mind-boggling for a lot of people. So the depression rates have um, increased in the mental health field for a lot of individuals all throughout um, the world. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, I know for like myself, I've experienced things that I never, you know, never thought about because you're just at home with your family and, you know, my husband and my son and you're aware of a lot more and what you need to do. And I, I what I found out about myself is that I've been running myself to the ground physically, you know, at work doing all this stuff and really haven't taken that time to breathe and concentrate on me and my self-care. Right. I have to agree with that. Um, I, for one, I've, I've been in that same boat also. Although I say um, practice self-care, but during this whole pandemic phase, I, for one, have realized that, hey, Patricia, you need to slow down a little bit more and take care of yourself a little bit more. You're preaching and teaching other people, but you know, now is the time for me to go ahead and get myself together. Um, I think for me being in this whole pandemic phase, um, it's got me to a point where I can focus on my family a little bit more or I'm learning that I should focus on them um, by us being so close-knit now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a lot that we could do, but to be with family. So, yeah, I'm learning new, new things, too, during this pandemic. Yes. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm really interested to see how much advancements in health and wellness are going to come out of this pandemic. And, you know, I think nothing is by coincidence, but I do think that this is a time for innovation and people, you know, like you, you're writing your own books. You have a a Fat Girls Confidence Guide, which you published recently. And, you know, just taking up new types of things that you would never have done before. Can you talk about how you started writing? Oh, wow. So for me, writing is relaxation for me. Um, I, I've been writing for years, you know, throughout college. and um, But I, for me, being a counselor, I picked up the whole writing technique and I always um, coach um, my members on, you know, freedom of speech and, and writing down your emotions or if you're angry, you know, write or different breathing techniques. So um, I'm going to say I started writing long ago, but for me to actually sit down and want to write a book, it was 2017. Um, wow. Uh, that's when I came to the conclusion that, you know, let's go ahead and put something out there. Let's leave some type of writing legacy, you know, let's leave something for other people to read and sort of kind of get a feel as to who you are. So 2017 was like a big year for me to sit down and say, hey, I'm going to publish this because I have something that I want to spread throughout the world. Yes, and you definitely are. So tell us a little bit about your book. Okay. Um, well, A Fat Girl's Confidence, I'm Fat So What, that's the title, is to simply celebrate BBWs throughout the world. Um, and 
uh, it's for anybody that pretty much has low self-esteem or they have suffered with some type of confidence issues. But I wanted to sort of kind of um, dedicate it to women that were more plus size like myself. So that's why I titled it Affect Your Confidence. And it's a guide. It, it pretty much talks about self-care and loving who we are um, in spite of what other people might say, in spite of what we might see on TV. So um, the book is pretty much a guide. You can you can read it and, and, you know, feel some type of inspiration. If you are a person that has ever suffered with depression or um, felt low and, you know, suffered with some type of mental illness, the book will be for you. Um, and when I say that, you know, it's a movement, the Confident Fat Girls movement. We pretty much get together each September and we celebrate who we are um, just as individuals. I know for some people, they might say, well, um, a book on fat girls, uh, fat girls' confidence, what's that? Um, and some people might say, um, you know, uh, why would you write that type of book? Why would you title that? But I felt like if I titled the book Fat Girl, um, I felt like it would pretty much just go ahead and get uh, the elephant out of the room when we hear the word fat. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, a lot of times people will say fat behind closed doors, but they won't say it, you know, to your face. So I wanted to be one of those people that was going to be bold and say, hey, I'm a fat girl, so what? And I want to build this book about a fat girl's confidence. I'm going to wake up each and every day and I'm going to love who I am. And I want other women that's just like me to love themselves also. And let's celebrate who we are as individuals. It doesn't define who you are. Right. Yeah. So you talk about depression, how to beat depression um, and build self-esteem. So what are some of the steps that you have taken in your book to help guide people into that healthy type of thought process? Oh, wow. Um, Well, number one will be self-care and um, just learning to relax. And, and looking in the mirror, making that mirror your best friend, when we, when we think about confidence and self-esteem, a lot of times people don't want to look in the mirror. But um, throughout the book, I talk about the mirror and getting, in, getting comfortable with it and relaxing and engaging with other people and, and just voicing your opinion and, and um, voicing who you are. The other steps that I talk about is journaling and um, going for massages and just getting more connected with the earth and nature and um, exercise. I know when people are, are thinking about um, a plus size woman, they might say, well, you don't exercise or you don't do this. But I never once said throughout the book, don't take care of yourself. If you have some type of health issue, don't. Um, work on that. But in this book, I actually do talk about exercising because it's going to make your day better. Mm -hmm. It's benefits to it. So different steps of beating mental illness or building confidence would be journaling, exercising, um, going for massages and relaxing, watching different programs. Since we're in the pandemic, um, if you can't go to church or to different organizations, Watch it on the internet, watch it on TV, you know, get more um, connected with your family. And if there's issues that need to be resolved, pull someone else in um, that can pretty much do some counseling and coaching with you and your family. Those are pretty much some some um, tips, I would say. And it's some of the stuff that I pulled from the book that I wrote about in the book that comes um, to the top of my mind when we think about mental illness and um, the guide itself is, number one, relaxing. 
and self-care. And, you know, sometimes when we think about self-care, I know for me, it would be getting dressed up and then getting pretty and, mm-hmm. you know, going out and doing something different that I'm not used to doing. So right. that's what I'm suggesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, last week, it, I, I woke up and, you know, you you wake up, you take a shower, you get dressed, you go into your living room, you start work, you know, you have <laughs> your computer <laughs> is at the uh, dining room table, you know. So, right. Uh, what I did is I I put on my, my husband got me this uh, kind of like this f- faux uh, fur shawl. <laughs> Okay. And I put okay. it on and I got on my Zoom calls all that day. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just like, you know what? I'm being fabulous today. Why not? Why not? Right. So right. another thing you you talk about, about Patrice is the media's message to be perfect. I mean, it's we're bombarded with it. And especially young girls online today and social media and how much that affects their self-worth. Can you talk about that? Oh, wow. Uh, Well, you know, when I'm looking, uh, when I'm looking at it and and, uh, how I grew up is is completely different. Um, I think like media is telling us that we have to be perfect, you know, um, from the makeup to everything that we wear um, to even our bodies, it has to be perfect. But for me, I'm going to say that's a lie because through, throughout my imperfections, people have still loved me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it's people out there that are um, uh, in the different movements. The movements are growing, but I think we need more people that are standing up and being bold and saying, hey, what you see on TV or what these people are saying is beautiful. That's not really the definition of true beauty, you know. Beauty starts with the end. You know, you got to believe in who you are. And then in spite of what they're, um, what media is saying that is, is beautiful, that's not really what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think about depression, yes, a lot of um, younger women are depressed because we're looking at the conditioning that is on TV and on the media that, is, that are talking about. Um, the standards of beauty mm-hmm. and a lot of women are, are seeing themselves as falling short. You know, I don't look like that. My body's not like that. I'm not like her. Well, you know, am I, these are all different things that race um, through your mind when you're looking at the different standards that people set for you. So mm-hmm. yes, mental, mental health issues increase in that way also. And they're going to continue to increase if we don't have more people that are bold enough to, you know, say, no, that's not the standard. That's not the standard of beauty, you know. Right. When I had my son, it took me a long time to get rid of the extra weight. And I I remember going to a party and someone came up to me and, you know, mentioned something about, you know, you, you look very nice or whatever. And then my comment back to them was, oh, gosh, I need to lose weight. You know, I need to lose this weight. Mm-mm. And she stopped me. She was like, Lafern, but you don't define yourself by weight. You, you're not that person. You know, you're, you're, you're beyond that. When you know your self-worth, I think things hit differently, you know, and, right. and you approach the world differently. So, you know, someone can come in and say, you know, oh, well, you know, you have a little this or a little that. Like, yes, I sure do. (laughs) 
and keep yeah. on walking, right? Yep, with your head held high, correct. Yeah. And and saying that, that's why I said I'm fat, so what in the book title? You know, it, it was, you're going to be approached by different things, different people with different opinions, but, you know, that's just who they are. You be who you are, have that strength and keep on moving, keep walking with your head held high. You know who you are within. But, so, you know. But, you know, when you're younger, you do look at you do look at how the media portrays, you know, women or images of, you know, bodies being, you know, um, quote unquote, perfect, perfect, you know, and then, yeah. you know, Instagram is all, you know, a vision of someone else's <laughs> someone yeah. else's lie. Yeah. You don't you don't know what anybody's done to those pictures <laughs> online. <laughs> right. But right. It, but it's like it's a growth thing. You have to grow into that. Right. Right, I I think because we learn so much about ourselves. But if we don't stop and reflect and say, hey, you know what? I'm embracing me. I'm embracing my beauty. I'm embracing, you know, getting healthy. um, And it's me that you it could drop by the wayside. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Right. I have to agree. At the end of the day, I think it's it's going to be you to make those decisions about you. And it doesn't matter what you see out here on TV, the social media, the internet, you know, just let that be their truth. As long as you stand in your truth and stick to it, I feel like uh, the world will be better. And I feel like a lot of younger women and men that are um, growing, I think things will be better as long as you're true with who you are as a person. And in spite of what you might see or what the influence is, just stick to the strip and, and just, you know, like whatever you like and just be true to that. Yes. You talk about career decisions and relationships in, in your book as well. Is that in reference to being a bigger woman going into career and relationships? No, that's my other book, um, Secrets of a Crazy Mental Health Counselor. When I talk about the relationships and career development, um, I pretty much, uh, but, well, hold on now. When I do think about a fat girl's confidence, I think I do touch on relationships a bit too. Um, but for the most part, um the advice that I would give other people is just staying true to who you are in in spite of a fat girl's confidence book or in spite of secrets of a crazy mental health counselor. I believe like in both books, I pretty much break down uh, my experience. And I know like a lot of women can relate to it, you know, whether you're big or small, Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're all going to go through some type of breakup matter. And, you know, when we break up, you can either result to being depressed or you can get up and love who you are and uh, and keep it moving. So yes. both of my books, I not only talk about um, relationships and personal development, but I also just talk about the importance of you and, and taking care of you first. first. Yeah. Can you talk more about the your book, uh, Secrets of a Crazy Mental Health Counselor? What a title. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I knew that was going to be one of the first things that you said. Ah, uh, wow. So the reason why I titled that book um, Secrets of a Crazy Mental Health Counselor was so that I could uh, show the world that, you know, just because you're a counselor, you work inside the helping profession, it doesn't mean that you're perfect. You're going to go through some things in life. And um, 
that's why I titled it because at times I felt crazy. Even though I'm working in the mental health field, I've had so many different things that I've had to overcome my challenges and my battles within my life. So um, I talk about my personal development, my personal relationships, and um, a, a lot of things that I've had to overcome um, versus my career and um, me just striving to do better and, and um, striving to get to where I'm currently at as far as being in the counseling field. So um, Secrets of a Crazy Mental Health Counselor, that book is very relatable if you are a woman that finds yourself um, battling with trying to raise a family and you're not only helping other people, but you're going through your own mess and your um, challenge and you have to overcome this because you have this ultimate goal. You have this career on the other hand that you're fighting for too. So uh, Secrets of a Crazy Mental Health Counselor is actually a good book. And, you know, I say pick that up if you're going through some challenges of your own personal or career wise. And I loved what you said. It's like every, Everyone goes through something. And if you're going out seeking help from someone, I personally would want someone that has definitely had some life experiences, you know. Right, because you can relate to them. You can relate to them a lot better. Uh, Going through my very own life experiences, I would like to talk to somebody that can relate to me. I don't feel like I should go and, and receive counseling. Um, or coaching for someone that doesn't have any issues, you know, I want to be able to relate to you. And I want to know that you've worked through some challenges of your own. That way, you know, I will be like, okay, I can work through this. There's hope. You know, I have faith that I'm going to get through this um, challenge right here in my life. I don't want the the perfect uh, uh, counselor or the perfect uh, person in the helping profession to help me. Mm-hmm. I want to know that you yourself have overcame a lot of different um, obstacles throughout life. How do you work with people to shift their mindset to a different way of thinking? Oh, wow. It's a lot of practice, a lot of coaching, a lot of reassurance. <laughs> yes. A lot of redirection, you know, um, building up them, building up their mindset, first off, you know. I think that's number one. If they um, see that you believe in them, they start to believe in themselves. And if they could just take a chance or a risk, I think that's what um, helps a lot of people start to transition is just taking that one risk and just having that one cheerleader behind them to tell them that they could do it, even when they feel like they can't. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how we begin to um, become change agents and get other people to transition for the better. But it all starts with if, they believe if you believe in you and if you're ready mm-hmm. um, for your next level and that's one thing that during this pandemic and I, I know I keep coming back to it but it's in the front of everyone's mind is how much risk do you take how what what do I do to you know take a risk to get to the next level of my life and why does it seem so scary sometimes to take that risk? And I was I was thinking of this the other day and it's just like, you know, fear. You know, people are are uh, full of fe- fear and failure. You know, a lot of people just want to tackle this, the thing that they know. Do you find that in your practice? Yeah. Um, but for me, I feel like when somebody is... is um, having some type of fear, I, for one, want to encourage them to be fearless. I know we're going through the whole pandemic. I know that it's a life-changing moment, 
But in in the same process, we can all take the different steps to stay safe. But you don't have to live in fear. You know, I know that we've all changed our whole lifestyle. Um, You know, even going out into the community has been different for a lot of us. You know, I just think we should still practice safety measures, but don't live in fear. If there are certain things that you like to do, I, for one, I'm not trying to encourage anybody to go out here and just live normal, but, you know, take a risk and just use safety precautions because I know as far as with me, um, yeah, for the holidays, I know that they've told us here in North Carolina that we should have a certain amount of people um, or we should probably limit traveling, but I'm going to still go to Florida and see my family in Orlando. You know, um, we're going to use the safety measures, but, you know, it's it's family time for us, and, and I pretty much cherish that. So as long as I use um, appropriate precautions and protocols, I feel like I'm going to be fine. And I encourage other people, too, to take small risks, not big ones, but use your head. Use precautions if you do. And if, if you're going through some type of um, mental health challenge during this holiday um, season, make sure you talk to somebody. Talk to somebody that's going to encourage you to do what's right, you know, and, and just keep safety in the back of your mind at all times, but don't live in fear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to do certain things, but use precautions. Yes, definitely follow the guidelines. And 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 that's the thing for us as well. Like we didn't want to get on a, a plane and fly out for Thanksgiving to Chicago or anything. I mean, we wanted to, but, you know, we're like, OK, well, let's just stay in this this uh, this Thanksgiving. But we're also going to spend time with friends, do Zoom calls as well with family members in different right. states and, you know, navigate that way and navigate a new way. What about people that are suffering from mental health issues during the holiday where because, you know, during the holidays, that's one of the times that suicide rate goes up. Right. And and, and depression, too. A lot of times people take their lives because some of their loved ones are already dead. My mom died in 2017. So I'm one of those people where my life has changed since she's been gone. Mm -hmm. I had put it in my life to travel during the holidays to sort of kind of get away from that whole thought of us going over to mom's house and getting together as a family, you know, but now my life has changed where I'm going to go over to other people's houses or um, see my dad in in Florida or different places instead of just bringing Thanksgiving to me, I sort of kind of changed routes. So I feel like if, if you're a person that's going through, um, uh, you know, grief, Mm-hmm. If there's been somebody in your family that has died recently or in the past and you're grieving, cry. I've had to cry for these last couple of holidays. And um, mm-hmm. Lord knows I miss my mom so much each and every day. But I always encourage people to go ahead and get those feelings out and don't hurt yourself or hurt anybody else. Express yourself to other people. Express how you're feeling and be around people. Well, here it goes. I have to stop myself there because, again, the pandemic <laughs> yes. is in the back of my head. Uh, but limit the people. I know we can have 10 people around us in a gathering mm-hmm. here in North Carolina. So, But try to limit it or do the Zoom calls, too. But just do something. If you're going to be depressed and if you feel like you shouldn't be alone, don't be alone. You know, but use precautions with other people also and cry, number one. Cry, scream, holler, run, jump, do whatever it is. It's going to get all those different emotions out of you. 
don't keep it bottled in and just simply live, you know, because you've been living thus far. Um, for those people that have lost moms or dads or close relatives, you, you're living for a reason. Mm-hmm. Continue to work on that purpose for living mm-hmm. throughout this holiday season, throughout this whole pandemic. You know, we that's what we have to do right now. Yes, I realize the the need to share. A lot of people don't share. They bottle things in. And I noticed when I did that, I, it just it just didn't feel good. And just to even just talk to a friend on the phone or, you know, family member, it makes a world of difference. Right. Tell us again, uh, Confident Fat Girls Movement. Um, talk about that and how you motivate others with that. Okay, so the Confident Fat Girls Movement, again, we get to give, we get together each September and we celebrate. We either have like a party or um, we do like a trip. I think for 2019, we went to Jamaica oh. and uh, we had like a retreat out there. And this year, since we had the pandemic, we really couldn't go anywhere. So I celebrated here in, in North Carolina. Um, in order to join the Confident Fat Girls Movement, you go online to my website, um, Patrice Siobhan, and you take a pledge, the Fat Girls Confidence Pledge, and um, you pretty much will um, send your story in, and, and you'll join us because we're going to celebrate who you are. We're going to teach you how to begin to love on you. If you're a person that, again, has ever felt depressed or felt less confident or suffers with self-esteem issues, um, the Confident Fat Girls Movement is right for you in spite of your size and, and in spite of a lot of different flaws that you might be looking at um, when you join our movement. Those are things that we pretty much celebrate. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, we get together each September just to say, hey, I'm like you, you're like me, and let's just continue to do what we do, motivate each other and love on each other and take care of ourselves. Awesome. Great. And are you doing any book shows or anything coming up soon? Ooh, I think in 2021 it, it might be a little bit better, but for right now I think we're doing everything online. Mm-hmm. I can't say definite right now because everything, again, is up in the air because of the pandemic, but right. I'm thinking in 2021, it should be some some opportunities for me to get out and, you know. I know uh, Black Chateau did a book conference. Right. We just did that last weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we did. Tell me about that. It was. It was fun. It was informative. Tell me about that. She, Desiree, pretty much had a lot of us different authors that um, we had to give our opinion based on um, the indie authors and indie publishing versus self-publishing and your thoughts on it. So we had some people that asked different questions in regard to if we felt as though, um, <laughs> which would be the best route, mm-hmm. you know, some people said self-publishing um, versus the traditional publishing would have been um, better for them. I know for me, I said self-publishing because, again, I wouldn't be able to have published. I felt like I wouldn't have been able to publish a Fat Girl's Confidence because some people might have had some issues with that title. A lot of my writings and stuff, it, it's sort of kind of controversial in a way. So for me to be a self-publisher, I feel like some of my writings wouldn't have made it. So I answered my question in regards to that. 
I say yay for self-publishing. You know, it's sort of kind of you get a little bit more control. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you went the self-publishing route. How did you go about that? Is it did you go through Amazon or how did you get it made? Oh, I started through I started through Amazon and and Smashwords and um, I think it's one more. It slipped my mind, but yeah, I started off with Amazon pretty much and just kept on going to the different um, book outlets and just building up on that. What was your process? So you wrote your book on your computer, right? And then submitted it? Yeah. Is that what? No, 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 no. Uh, The manuscript. I I did the manuscript first. Then, of course, you got to get an editor. And, you know, you're going to go back and forth with the editor because you might think that your writing is, is right. But again, it's not going to be right. You're going to always need somebody to go back maybe two and three times and read those writings. Oh, yeah. Because of my very first book, mm-hmm. The Secrets of a Crazy Mental Health Counselor, I had to publish that about two or three times after I got it <laughs> edited a couple of different times. And then I had to change the cover. It was just different things that I've seen that I didn't see before after I went through the editing process. Yes. So, yeah, you're going to write your manuscript first and then you're going to go through editing. And then you could, you know, upload and begin to publish and set your date and market. Um, so that's my journey with the self-publishing world. Wow. That's, that's <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I know when I write stuff and... Sometimes you can't see things, errors that you write because you're so close to it. And then it goes out in the world and everybody's writing back. Oh, there's a misspelling. I was like, oh, how did I miss that? It is right. <laughs> you need a second set of eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. My heart drops when that happens, you know. Right. <laughs> but, but if you're in the writing field or, you know, if you're in the public, you just have to get used to making mistakes it's okay mm-hmm. keep it moving let's, let's just move forward we're all going to do something you know we can either correct it or we can you know just live with it so yes. yeah <laughs> correct it and move on right yes <laughs> all right patrice can you give us a, a few tips on surviving the holidays and getting through successfully okay number one i'm gonna say cry Scream, holler, get out all your emotions. Number two, self-care. Try to relax. And um, three, if you need to, go ahead and exercise if if that's going to help you. And four, do the Zoom calls and minimize the number of people that you have in your house for this Thanksgiving and Christmas. And um, church or if you're going to some type of organization, try to do it online. You know, rather than just being there, because, again, you got to take those uh, precautions with the number of people. Don't forget about COVID. It's real people. So, yeah, this holiday, take all those tips into consideration and just live. Fantastic. And and how can we get your book, A Fat Girl's Confidence? I'm fat. So what? It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. um, Smashwords. It's on a lot of the different book outlets. Please continue doing what you're doing, showing others how to find who they truly are and and appreciate who they are, despite the circumstances they may be going through, Patrice. Right. And uh, again, how can we find out more about you, get in touch, get on social? Okay, so my Instagram is Patrice underscore Siobhan. My Facebook is Patrice Siobhan Brown. And my website, of course, is PatriceSiobhan.com. Awesome. Patrice Siobhan Brown, author, speaker, mental health professional. Thanks again for joining me. 
Thank you for having me. It was an honor. I'm Laferne Cusack. This is 710 ESPN. The experience on 710 ESPN continues. Back to Laferne Cusack. According to the CDC, mental illness are conditions that affect a person's thinking, feeling, mood, or behavior, such as depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, or schizophrenia. Such conditions may be occasional or long-lasting and affect someone's ability to relate to others and function each day. Mental health includes emotional, psychological, and social well-being. How common are mental illnesses? More than 50% will be diagnosed with a mental illness or disorder at some point in their lifetime. One in five Americans will experience mental illness in a given year. And one in five children, either currently or at, at some point during their life, have had a seriously debilitating mental illness. And one in 25 Americans lives with a serious mental illness, such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or major depression. What causes this? Early adverse life experiences such as trauma or a history of abuse. Experiences related to other ongoing chronic medical conditions such as cancer or diabetes. Biological factors such as genes or chemical imbalances in the brain. The use of alcohol or recreational drugs. Having few friends having feeling of loneliness or isolation. According to the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, if you know someone that is struggling emotionally or having a hard time, you can be the difference in getting them the help they need. It's important to take care of yourself when you are supporting someone through a difficult time. As this may stir up difficult emotions, if it does, please reach out for support. Some warning signs may help you determine if a loved one is at risk for suicide, especially if the behavior is new, has increased, or seems related to a painful event, loss, or change. If you or someone you know exhibits any of these, seek help by calling the lifeline, talking about wanting to die or kill themselves, looking for a way to kill themselves, like searching online, talking about feeling hopeless, or having no reason to live, talking about feeling trapped or unbearable pain, talking about being a burden to others, increasing the use of alcohol or drugs, acting anxious or agitated, behaving recklessly, sleeping too little or too much, withdrawing or isolating themselves, showing rage or talking about seeking revenge, extreme mood swings. How can you help them? It can be scary when a friend or loved one is thinking about suicide. It's hard to know how a suicidal crisis feels and how to act. Call 1-800-273-TALK at any time for help if a friend is struggling. Again, that's 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. I'm LaFron Cusack. This is 710 ESPN. 
You've been listening to The Experience with Laferne Cusack. Getting the residents of Los Angeles, Orange County, and all of Southern California closer to their community. It's The Experience with Laferne Cusack on 710 ESPN.